I have uh, one announcement that I uh, neglected to uh, say earlier. Um, after the service, if, uh, if you need, uh, need or want to have someone to pray with, we'll have uh, a deacon up front here, and uh, you, you can share with them. Um, and uh, that deacon is uh, Kathy Dowling, and uh, as I said, she'll be here to pray with you if you, uh, if you seek that. For those of you who are acquainted with YWAM, this story will be uh, familiar for you. For those who are not, it will explain a bit their vision. It'll explain their vision a bit better and help you comprehend a bit the passion that our repeat mission team participants feel and the first-timers experience. While walking along the beach one day, an elderly gentleman saw someone in the distance leaning down and picking something up and throwing it into the ocean. As he got closer, he noticed the figure was that of a young man, picking up one starfish after another and tossing it into the water. He came closer still and he called out, Good morning. May I ask what it is that you were doing? The young man paused and looked up. He replied, throwing starfish into the ocean. The old man smiled and said, I must ask then, why are you throwing starfish into the ocean? To this, the young man replied, the sun is up and the tide is going out. If I don't throw them in, they'll die. Upon hearing this, the elderly observer commented, but young man, Do you not realize there are miles and miles of beach, and there are starfish along every mile? You can't possibly make a difference. The young man listened politely, then he bent down, picked up another starfish, threw it back in the ocean, past the breaking waves, and said, you made a difference to that one. While it is true that Bethel Youth Missions may not be able to build houses for all the poor in Mexico. While we can't make a difference for every needy family, we were able to make a difference this year for these fine folks. (coughs) This viewpoint is one that is shared by many, evidenced by the great support that we receive from this fellowship as ascending church. But we receive much help as well from other churches in the Lacombe area who are also directly involved, as some of their youth were on this mission team as well. And we're so thankful that we have an opportunity to go on these trips, not so much as, Beth, of, as Bethel youth, but as Lacombe youth. On the flip side, we as missionary teams go on these trips, and it can sometimes be misinterpreted. Thought sometimes as merely a spring break in a warm climate with a little house building on the side. And yes, that is what some believe. This would be a misinformed view of what these trips and YWAM are all about. Truth is, we go on these trips 
There is so much more that meets the eye when we go there. Each one of us, whether we are 16 or 60, will be challenged, will be changed, and we most definitely will be blessed. As we start the mission meetings, we will refer to the recipient of the, of the house as the family. And as we get closer to the departure date, we'll be sent a picture of the family. And that's what these pictures are, is they're profiles that got sent to us. <clears throat> we'll see the family and the brothers and sisters, and suddenly it just becomes so much more real. We are no longer building a house. We're building a home. At the YWAM base, <clears throat> we have morning and evening sessions where we as a community open and study, reflect on Scripture. While these sessions allow us to take time from our labor and focus on our relationship with our Savior, the most powerful message delivered to us at the start of this week on Sunday we had the opportunity to go to Fuente de Vida Church and see Jesus and Avilia. This is always a blessing. <clears throat> but when you have us, their fellowship, the comp team, all squeezed into that little sanctuary, what a blessing. The, uh, the worship was amazing. And when all of a sudden you see Two nations rushing forward and all dancing and singing together. Something that it has to be experienced. It just has to. There we are, singing, dancing, praising God together. It just doesn't get any better than that. It's just a wonderful vision of heaven. And as wonderful as that experience was, in the evening while we were at Ensenada Base... A passion play was put on for both teams. <clears throat> you know, it's one thing to read, to read yearly, more often yet, about the crucifixion of our Lord. It's something completely different when you are right in the story and you hear the crack of the whip and you hear the pounding of nails. It just goes right through you. It's a spiritual moment that really does bring us closer to our Lord. And that's our hope. That all of you get an opportunity to experience that as well, if you haven't already. <clears throat> While we're there, our team has three days to build a house. Or, as with this year, seeing as we were blessed that many youth's hearts were pricked and they were convicted to get on board with this ministry. And as a result, our teams... Because we were led to double our efforts and thus able to bless two families. And of course, none of this could be accomplished without the assistance of our home churches. With three days building alongside much work to do, there's always ways and places where we're able to connect and talk to the family with the supplied interpreter. <clears throat> While this is different on every trip... I don't think, personally, I've ever had a build that matched the emotional connection that I had with this one. We have another day where we focus on outreach-type ministries. This year, we had the opportunity to go to a soup kitchen where we were blessed with the opportunity to serve a meal to those 
residing on the streets of Tijuana. That took up most of the morning. And after sharing with the meal with the others at the soup kitchen, we loaded up and went back to the orphanage. This year, the morning session that seemed to resonate the most with our group was the one that sparked the most discussion or dialogue was on 1 Peter 2. Living stone, chosen people. It was truly a blessing to be able to hear the hearts of these young people as they zeroed in on different aspects of this very rich passage. The love that they clearly have for our Lord was very evident. Just, it was just an honor to be there and just to listen to and hear their hearts speak. We're going to turn to 1 John 4 for Scripture this morning. But before we do that, let's uh, open with the word. <coughs> Father God, we come to you this morning. Lord, as we open your word, we pray, Lord, that, that you would open our hearts so that we may be able to receive the message that you have for us this day. Lord, we know from your word that scripture is living, it's active. And as we open it this morning, we pray that it may cut through the thoughts and the distractions that we may be having, anything that might be coming between us and you. May your word challenge us and change us to be the men and women that you call us to be. May your word and you flow from us this morning and this coming week as well. We ask these things in your name. Amen. 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives on in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives them, in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. (coughs) Excuse me. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. 
Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother or sister. So far, God's word. You know, usually as you go to on a trip, you take back gifts. You pay, take, take back presents. Well, this year I received a gift. I got myself one heck of a cold coming back from there. So imagine that. Hey, go to Mexico. <clears throat> <coughs> Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we enter, enter into this chapter in 1 John... We're picking up sort of a 2.0 of John speaking on love. He originally introduces the subject back in chapter 2. Now in chapter 4, he gives it his full attention. In the, six, in the first six verses, John is focusing his attention on discernment and testing of the spirits. Knowing the spirit of God, devoted to God. John is asserting that if one shows love to a fellow believer... It demonstrates a living within, that the light that is Christ. According to MacArthur, commenting on this passage, gives us reasons why Christians love. First, Christians love because love is of God. God is love. God is the essence of love. Love is inherent in all God is and does, because that's who he is. Even judgment and wrath are harmonized with love. Let us love one another. The original language conveys the idea that love is a habitual practice. Those born again exhibit that practice. Everyone who loves is born of God. Those who are born again receive God's nature. Since God's nature exhibits love as a chief characteristic... God's children will also reflect that love. He that does not love does not know God. Someone may profess to be a Christian, but only those who display love like their Heavenly Father actually possess His divine nature and are truly born again. Secondly, Christians love because they want to follow the supreme example of God's sacrificial love in sending his son for us. Christ is our propitiatory. I almost stumble over that word. It's our appeasement. Jesus satisfied, satisfied the demands of God's holiness for the punishment of our sins. God is sending his son gives Christians not only salvation, but privilege. Obligation to follow his pattern of sacrificial love. Thirdly, Christians love because love is the heart of the Christian witness. The only demonstration of God's love in this age is the church, according to MacArthur. That testimony is critical. John's argument in verses 7 to 12 can be summed up as Love originated in God, was manifested in his son, 
and is demonstrated in his people, especially the church, and its mission and ministry. And finally, Christians love because love is the Christian's assurance. As Christ gave up his life for his believers, he epitomized the true nature of Christian love. MacArthur speaks of the Christian divesting themselves of something to give to that love, to give to others in love, and receive back a deep assurance that Jesus, by his Spirit, is working through them. He is saying when we love our fellow believers, we are showing the life of the Spirit within us. In one of my commentaries, it says, Beloved, let us love one another and ever be ready to promote each other's welfare, both spiritual and temporal. Let me say that again. Beloved, let us love one another and be ever ready to promote each other's welfare, both spiritual and temporal. Wow, that doesn't leave too much wiggle room, does it? You know, there was a song written in the mid-80s by Tina Turner. It was entitled, What's Love Got to Do With It? In essence, the song says that love is secondary. The physical is first. The emotional is an afterthought. In today's message, we're going to use this title as our focus. What's love got to do with it? Well, according to the Apostle John, absolutely everything. Six times in this short letter, John uses the term beloved or dearly loved. This really is a pastoral letter for his followers, his congregation, if you will. That's what love's got to do with it. Remember the exhortation that to love is not so much coming from John, but from God himself. Listen to it again in verse 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. His point is that love for everyone is evidence that a person has been born of God and knows God, because such love comes from God. That's what love's got to do with it. We have spoken about our experiences in the soup kitchen. We may ask, how can we show love? Matthew 5, verse 16, let your light shine before others so that may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The soup kitchen that we spoke of is run by the Catholic Church in Tijuana. They are serving the down and out of their community, providing a daily meal for between 900 to 1,200 people daily. That's huge, isn't it? God's light is shining there. The opposite is also true. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. The point here is that the absence of love for one another is evidence that, God, that a person does not know God because God's essence is love. 
There can be real no, no real knowledge of God which is not expressed in love for fellow believers. So what does that look like? If we possess that love, how will it look to those around us? For us to extend that love that we have from God, one might think love would be very evident. Well, it may not ha- might happen not all the time, but we did see it personally with our youth on this mission trip. On Thursday morning, the day we went to the soup kitchen in Tijuana, we had been told that in the past that those serving had looked down, looked with disdain or disgust on the folks that came through those doors, almost as if they were not worthy of the food they were serving. However, after the, me- after the meal, we were told how awesome our youth were, how pleasant they were, how respectful they were to their guests, how our entire group was viewed. As well, they commended our youth on how they all seemed to be deliberate, to make eye contact, showing friendliness in the process, and how pleasant they were to the guests. What's love got to do with it? Clearly a great deal. As parents, we might want to take credit and say, wow, what a fine job we did raising these young people. But I believe it goes deeper than that. I believe in this scripture that tells us that God gave us his love and that through that love, we too are able to show love one to another. Praise God that he has loved us and has enabled us to do likewise for all his children. Now that's love. It has been an absolute joy and honor to spend that week in Mexico with this great group of young people, given ourselves <clears throat> and of our talents. <coughs> Sorry. The one question remains for each one of us. Do we love in Lacombe as much as we love in Tijuana? Something to think about, isn't it? It's great to go on this trip. But what about those at home? Are we just as willing to give a hand up to the poor here? Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, this mission trip was a blessing in so many ways, from the awesome service at Fuente de Vida and having the entire youth missions effort, to the building, also to the soup kitchen, to the orphanage, But the absolutely highest point for our team, which was mentioned earlier, was actually after the reveal. And as I said, you see, our family that we built for was not a Christian. And after our reveal, Ilda, our translator, told us, she says, I'm not going to be translating this next piece. And as we observed, she asked the family if they wanted to ask Christ into their lives, which they did. And then we witness Ilda guiding them through a believer's prayer. How humbling 
absolutely humbling to witness that moment. Because isn't that what we envision when we go on a trip like this? It happens far too little, but it's an amazing, amazing time to witness that. A story is told by Henry Bosch of how a a believer had a weather vane on top of his barn. You know, on the vane it read three words, God is love. But one day an unbeliever that was visiting him took note of the vane as it was going in the wind back and forth. And he said, you mean to say that your God changes like the wind? No, says the old farmer. What it means is that whichever way the wind blows, God is love. I, along with the other youth leaders, have a very enviable position. We have the privilege, and it really is a privilege, to see this highly motivated group of believers right here in the blue shirts putting their faith into action, putting their love into action, as we come to a close, I'd like to re, us to recall MacArthur's fourth reasons that Christians love. Love is a Christian's assurance. As Christ gave up his life for believers, he epitomized the true nature of Christian love. He speaks of the Christian divesting themselves of something to give to others. It was our joy to witness our youth given of themselves in money, in time, in talents, to improve the lives of another. May we all daily live and demonstrate that he who loves God loves his brother and sister as well. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we we come again to you. Lord, we, we thank you for the experience that we had as a mission team. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to come back here and share some of those experiences, some of those joys, spiritual highs. Lord, we thank you especially how we were able, you gave us the eyes to see how you are working in that community, how you are blessing those. Lord, and especially for for us to, to be there, to witness another family coming to know you as Savior and Lord. Oh Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, that spurs us on, maybe to Mexico, maybe somewhere else, maybe right here in our own cities, in our own provinces, our own country, to be active, be active in telling others about you to be local missionaries, to be foreign missionaries, whatever it is, Lord, help us. Give us the courage to speak when you lead, put someone into our path. Help us to take them down that same walk, Lord, to get to know you. And Lord, ultimately, that they, you would become their Savior and Lord as well. Lord, we ask that you would bless us and guide us in all these efforts. Amen.